To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hello and welcome to the Kingswell Avenue podcast. I'm Paul Newhouse. This is a show about the Walt Disney Company and what I like to call its four pillars. The Disney Studios, Marvel Studios, Lucasfilm, and Pixar. On a weekly basis, I'll be looking at Disney in the news as well as taking a deep dive into a person, place, or thing which I believe had an impact on the company and its history. I'll be doing all of this in, generally speaking, short episodes so you can get a dose of Disney and get on with your life. Welcome to the first all-news edition of the Kingswell Avenue podcast. We're going to skip the deep dive this week and focus on the latest Disney developments. Why? Because there's just that much news. Let's get into it. As promised, let's finish off the Disney Plus documentary series, Marvel 616. We did the first six episodes on prior podcasts, so let's pick up with episode seven. That episode follows writer Dan Slott as he embarks on a new comic called Iron Man 2020. As someone who's into writing myself, I was looking forward to this one. Unfortunately, I don't think it pays as much reverence to the craft as the episode of Inside Pixar I reviewed a few weeks ago. For most of this one's running time, I wondered if they were pulling my leg. So much is made of Slott's writer's block, I figured it couldn't be real. But no, it's so real I was left resenting Slot and his lousy work habits. Slot keeps the artist waiting, he drags his heel for so long they have to bring in someone to write his dialogue for him, the delays trickle down all the way to the lettering of the first issue and even to the printing. I was left shaking my head. There are, I'm sure, people who would fight for Slot's job and treat it with more professionalism once they had it. It's bizarre, but the show feels like a hatchet job on Slot made with Slot's full cooperation. It's a head-scratcher. One kind of neat thing, though. The artist for Iron Man 2020 lives in an RV and travels the country. They show him drawing, inking, and coloring his issues on an iPad using a commonly available app called Clip Studio Paint. Those of you looking to get into the field may want to give this app a close look. The final episode of Marvel 16 covers a program Marvel runs where they license their characters to high school drama programs. The show follows a group of students at a school in Florida as they perform superhero-themed plays. I'm glad Marvel's doing this, and I wish the kids well, but for me, this episode strays too far from the core concept of the series. Since the installment wouldn't have been affected much at all by taking the Marvel elements out of it, I question why it was part of Marvel 616. I wish it had been more on point. I'm not sure what else to say other than Episode 8 is strictly for the theater fans in the audience. Overall, I thought Marvel 616 was a mixed bag. Some good episodes, some bad. If they continue the show into a second season, I hope they tighten their focus. Episode 7 of The Mandalorian aired this week, and despite being mostly a bridge to the finale, it was a lot of fun. Mando needs to track down Moff Gideon's location. He does so by enlisting the help of Bill Burr's Mayfeld, the former Imperial sharpshooter introduced in Season 1, not to mention Cara Dune, Fennec Shan, and Boba Fett. Though it served mostly as a fact-finding adventure, this installment was expertly directed by Rick Famuyiwa and dropped some interesting nuggets about Mayfeld's backstory. Anyway, our heroes get the information they seek, Mando issues a threat to Gideon, and the stage is now set for the season's final episode. I hope it runs closer to an hour than the customary 30 minutes. The show's built up a lot of goodwill this year, and I'll be happy to give it more of my time. Now let's turn to the real meat of this week's news. 
Disney held its annual Investor Day on December the 10th, and they used the event to announce a truckload of new content across all four pillars of the company. If you're a fan of the studio, and I assume you are since you're listening to this, there's a lot here to like. Let's break it down. There's so much here. In some cases, I'll just be listing things off. Take this as a sign of my personal interest level. If one of the movies or shows grabs your interest, by all means, follow through with some research of your own. Although I'll warn you, details are pretty sparse at this point. Let's do this in my standard order of Disney, followed by Marvel, followed by Lucasfilm, followed by Pixar. Disney's first. Raya and the Last Dragon, which was announced previously, will be coming to Disney Plus the same way the live-action Mulan did, as a premium add-on to the regular subscription, followed by being added to the regular catalog a month or two later. Encanto is another new theatrical feature set for fall of 2021. It's said to feature a magical family living in a magical house in Colombia. It will feature music by Lin-Manuel Miranda. In 2022, we'll get Zootopia Plus, It's an anthology story cobbled together from a bunch of in-universe television programs like So You Think You Can Prance and The Real Housewives of Little Rodentia. I'll be honest, this one had, in my opinion, the weakest premise out of everything announced that day. Baymax, the white puffy robot from Big Hero 6, is getting his own Disney Plus show also in 2022. Iwaju is, I think, a Disney Plus show about life in future Nigeria. I apologize for my vagueness. Again, details were sparse on a few of these. In 2023, Moana will be coming to Disney Plus in her own series, as will Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. It'll be interesting to see if the latter show is done in traditional 2D animation, like the movie that spawned it. For the younger set, there will be a new Diary of a Wimpy Kid animated series, as well as a reboot of Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, starring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as the titular rodents. In terms of live action, we're getting straight to Disney Plus sequels to Enchanted, starring Amy Adams, Sister Act, and Hocus Pocus. Enchanted was a fun, weird little movie, but my interest in the other two is pretty low. As I reported in a previous episode, the new films Pinocchio, Cruella, and Peter Pan and Wendy will also be bypassing theaters for Disney Plus. Let me finish off the Disney news with a real left-field entry. I stuck it here because Disney now owns 20th Century Fox, and this is a Fox property. Writer-director Noah Hawley will create a miniseries based on the Alien franchise. I'm a fan of Fargo in particular, and it'll be interesting to see what he does with this classic sci-fi horror franchise. Needless to say, this one won't be on Disney+, Plus; it'll be on FX. Now, on to Marvel news, and there's a ton of it. As I predicted a few episodes back, Black Widow will remain a theatrical release. No surprise there. Chadwick Boseman will not be recast in Black Panther 2. Ryan Coogler, the writer-director of the first film, is working on a solution to the problems presented by the actor's untimely death. Black Panther 2 is scheduled for 2022. The big feature news was Marvel will bring the Fantastic Four into the MCU. No details yet other than the new film will be directed by John Watts, the director of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Marvel acquired the rights to the Fantastic Four when it bought 20th Century Fox. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania is the official title of Ant-Man 3, and it will feature Marvel heavyweight villain Kang the Conqueror. What If, based on a long-running comic, is a Disney Plus animated series. The title is your best indicator of what this one is about. Among other things, the trailer shows what if Black Panther instead became Star-Lord, and what if Peggy Carter got the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers. I thought this one looked very promising. 
WandaVision is the series closest to its unveiling. It will appear on Disney Plus in January 2021. It got its final trailer at the Investor event, and it's really odd. Apparently, the Scarlet Witch has been forced into a parallel dimension resembling 50s and 60s TV sitcoms. Color me intrigued. As odd as the WandaVision trailer was, the trailer for Loki might have been even odder. The new show, starring Tom Hiddleston from the movies, looks utterly baffling, but in a good way. I like the fact that it looks like it's about as unstraightforward as it can look. I prefer not to have my viewing experiences ruined by trailers that give away every little detail. Also, it looked like Hiddleston and co-star Owen Wilson will have some good chemistry together. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is next out of the gate after WandaVision. It's scheduled for March of 2021. Unlike Loki, it looks like a straightforward action show, which is fine. Across the board, it looks like Marvel is giving us A, variety, and B, extremely high production values. Speaking of variety, Ms. Marvel brings us Kamala Khan, a Muslim teenager from New Jersey who, if I understand correctly, can make her hands and feet grow to enormous proportions. I've never read the comic the show's based on, but it's extremely popular. Marvel head Kevin Feige also announced Ms. Marvel will appear in the forthcoming Captain Marvel 2 with Brie Larson. One of the day's more oddball announcements was the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special to be written and directed by James Gunn, who did those same duties on the two feature films, and the forthcoming third. Ironheart is another live-action show about a young African-American girl with a genius IQ who takes up the Iron Man armor. War Machine, as played by Don Cheadle, appears in Armor Wars, a show about what happens when the late Tony Stark's technology winds up in the wrong hands. Samuel L. Jackson comes to TV as Nick Fury in Secret Invasion. Joining him will be Ben Mendelsohn, who played the leader of the Skrulls in Captain Marvel. Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black will play Bruce Banner's female counterpart, the She-Hulk. Expected to also appear Tim Roth reprising his role as the Abomination, as well as the He-Hulk, Mark Ruffalo. Hawkeye is a show about Jeremy Renner's Avengers character. In it, Renner will mentor Kate Bishop, a young female version of Hawkeye, played by Haley Steinfeld. I Am Groot is a set of Disney Plus shorts featuring the titular tree person, apparently in infant form. Not surprising, since that's his most crowd-pleasing incarnation. The amount of talent Marvel has lined up, the sheer number of movie stars is stunning. Definitely looking forward to their TV shows. Now, on to the Lucasfilm front. In addition to the previously announced Willow TV show and the trailer for the Clone Wars spinoff The Bad Batch, we got assurances they would not be recasting Indiana Jones for the upcoming fifth installment in that series. Which is good, I suppose, although I confess I'm not particularly looking forward to that film. Harrison Ford was already looking long in the tooth in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, so I'm not too keen to see an octogenarian globetrotting adventurer. Just as much Star Wars news came out of the event as Marvel, so let's break it down. In a move that surprised no one, Disney announced the live-action Ahsoka Tano series. Ahsoka was the Jedi from a couple of Mandalorian episodes back, the one who told us Baby Yoda's real name for the first time. Also unsurprising is the fact Dave Filoni will create the show, and Rosario Dawson will return as Ahsoka. There's currently no date set for the series' debut. Another new Disney Plus show will be called Rangers of the New Republic. This one's another Mandalorian spinoff, presumably starring Cara Dune, as played by Gina Carano. Details are scarce, although, like The Mandalorian and Ahsoka, it will be set in the aftermath of Return of the Jedi. 
The previously announced Cassie and Andor show, named appropriately enough Andor, will come to Disney Plus in 2022. Cassian was the rebel spy played by Diego Luna in Rogue One. Obviously, Luna will reprise the role. Disney showed a fun behind-the-scenes clip, so I've linked that below. Star Wars Visions is a series of short films made by some of Japan's biggest makers of anime. I'm afraid we don't have too much more than a logo on that one, but it's promising. In a surprise move, Disney added actor Hayden Christensen to the cast of their forthcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi, which of course stars Ewan McGregor. Christensen, you may recall, played Anakin Skywalker and eventually Darth Vader in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. I won't mind seeing Christensen return, but they'll need to handle his appearance carefully. So far as I know, Obi-Wan and Anakin never met face-to-face between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. But then again, it'll be odd if they keep the two separated during the whole run of the show. We'll just have to wait and see. In another nod to the past, Disney Plus announced a forthcoming event series about Lando Calrissian. No word yet on whether it will feature either Billy Dee Williams or Donald Glover. Details on a droid story are vague at this time. As the title implies, it stars a droid protagonist who will be mentored by C-3PO and R2-D2. We don't know anything more other than the fact Industrial Light and Magic, Lucasfilm's special effects branch, will be involved in the development. The Acolyte from Russian doll creator Leslie Headland is described as a mystery thriller, which takes place at the end of the High Republic era. This is new since no other live-action projects have taken place during that time. The era itself will be introduced in a series of novels starting with January's Light of the Jedi. In the last of the Star Wars news, we finally learned what the 2023 Star Wars theatrical feature will be. It's Rogue Squadron, a story about fighter pilots, and it will be directed by Wonder Woman's Patty Jenkins. Jenkins will be the first woman to direct a Star Wars movie. She recorded a brief announcement video. The link is below. Finally, there's Pixar. The first announcement on that front is very meta. Buzz Lightyear will get his own feature film called, appropriately enough, Lightyear. Here's the thing, though. It won't be about the Tim Allen-voiced toy, but rather the real character the toy was based on. They showed off one still from the film, and it looks like a more realistic version of that character. To cement the difference, Lightyear will not be voiced by Allen, but rather Captain America's Chris Evans. That one's due in 2022. Also in 2022 is Turning Red, about a young girl who turns into a fuzzy red panda. This will be the first Pixar film directed solo by a woman. Pixar also has a handful of Disney Plus series on the way, including Doug Days about the talking dog from Up, Cars spinning off the characters from Cars, and Win or Lose, a series about a softball team. I'm afraid I really didn't understand that latter pitch, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. All in all, it was a dizzying array of content. There are several links in this week's show notes, not so much for the announcements, but for the ones with trailers. Take a look. Anyway, that's the end of our first all-news episode of the Kingswell Avenue podcast. Thanks for listening, tell your friends, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.